This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige film. Today, we're talking about Nebraska, the black and white can't get more prestigious than that the 2013 black and white dramedy directed by alexander payne which you're like ah, i recognize that name you probably do because he directed the election uh, as well as sideways gotta gotta love sideways uh most recently mm-hmm. he was with mad damon and downsizing that weird movie about getting shrunk i saw that yeah did you did you did you that's how they say uh, it in nebraska <laughs> That's um yeah the the Midwest has just really taken over this podcast. Uh-huh. Uh Alexander's from Omaha, Nebraska. Interestingly enough, I thought that was cool. Always a nice touch. Is written by Bob Nelson, who has done a lot of directing and writing in Hollywood. I didn't recognize any of it. Uh, this is by far his best known work. He's also from South Dakota, so we got the Midwest strong representing here in this, uh, on this movie. It stars Bruce Dern who was in The Great Gatsby, the Robert Redford edition. Uh, most recently, he's been in The Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, apparently. Quentin Tarantino's a little taken with this gentleman. Mm-hmm. Will Forte, perhaps best known as being the weird guy on Saturday Night Live, but for my money, he's got some of the funniest sketches. His Tim Calhoun's The Falconer, the NASA potato chip sketch. My favorite, MacGruber, which got spun off into one of my all-time favorite comedy movies that Jim hates, MacGruber. <laughs> Uh, boy, that uh, the, the, the all I forgot that they also had Peacock did a whole ten episode series on that too. Damn, MacGruber, got oh, legs. Wow. June Squibb, who has done a lot of stuff in Hollywood over the years, but most prominently or recently, she's most prominent for voiceover work, contributing her talents to Toy Story Four and Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet. Also, Bob Odenkirk, we know Bob. He saw mm-hmm. Goodman in both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and Stacy Keach. Who I'm like, I know this guy. I know this guy. What the fuck? I looked at Wikipedia. He's Mike Hammer. Mike the Hammer Hammer from the old uh, cop parody show from my youth. Okay. Do you know him? What do you know him from? You know, a lot like Bruce Stern, he's one of those guys that like I've seen around in a thousand different things, but I can't. There's no like huge role that stands out to me that I. Yeah, he's done just a shit, a shit ton of stuff. Um, Yeah. But yeah, and also uh, that's it. That's the. I mean, there's there's more people in it, but this there, is a very small. One, there's small one honorable show. mention that I I want to throw out here because he showed really? up in uh, Better Call Saul, and this was kind of a. a it, there were several tie-ins to Better Call Saul uh, in this. Obviously, Bob Odenkirk, but also Devin. I don't know how you say his last name. It's it's Rat Ray, but sh- certainly his name can't be Rat Ray. Uh, Retray. Oh, that sounds like Retray. That sounds like sure. unless it, he, is, he it, plays... is it written in the language of Scooby Doo? So it's like Retray. So. <laughs> sure. No, he plays a uh, Buzz, uh, Kevin's older brother in Home Alone. Oh, his girlfriend. Woof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So Tarantula. It, yeah, he's he's great in this. He's great in Better Call Saul. I love him in that and. I I was happy to see him in this. Apparently, it's Rutray. Rutray. 
That makes a lot more sense than rat. Our producer slipped us a note. Uh, So have you seen this movie before? No. This is one of the ones that I wanted to like, you know, this this got six Oscar nominations, did not win a single one, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of those like small budget darlings that come out of Hollywood every once in a while in black and white. That's always intriguing. Uh, Will Forte. Love fucking Will Forte. Uh, But for whatever reason, I didn't get around to see it. Um, and now here, uh, eight years into its run, I guess we're, we're, we're about to talk about it. Um, what did you think of Nebraska? Uh, so I'm the exact opposite on Will Forte from you. I, I, he is such a polarizing figure in our, uh, little friend, our relationship because you love him. I hate him. I I think Uh he's way too much, too ridiculous in basically everything I've ever seen him in. And I won't uh, dispute that. This is true. This is all true. <laughs> yeah, he's just not my flavor, and that's fine. Um, so I came into this thinking, boy, he's going to be a big hurdle for me to get over, even though it's got all these other things going for it, and it's got a great reputation. I was pleasantly surprised to see that Will Forte does not play Will Forte in this movie. He plays no. just a dude. and He's acting. It, yeah, this is his like dramatic turn, right? We're, we're all... You know, Will Ferrell does it, and then shit, Bob Odenkirk did it. It's you get that every once in a while. This feels like his turn, and it worked for me. I I actually really like this movie. It's not mm. replacing Sideways as my favorite Alexander Payne movie mm-hmm. by any means, but it's definitely a strong film. It, it you know, Alexander Payne has a way of telling a story that not many other filmmakers do. Uh, they don't they don't tell it in the same way. His characters are so natural. Um, and, and yet they I, he rubs right up against like characters who are caricatures. And yet somehow they come off as feeling more like real people than a lot of characters I see in other movies. And I don't know how he manages to do that. I did not enjoy the majority of the experience of watching this film. I think hmm. that this is what I would call an epically slow burn. It's a lot like sideways, except for I didn't find, I found that one of the characters extremely grating and the other, a pushover to where I just wanted to grab him and shake him. And I hmm. found it like really like in the early goings, I'm like, Oh my God, I see where this is going. And then I started thinking self, you've got a cross grain bastard that as for a father who's aging, this is this is going to be your, you know, like, can you sit through this two hour movie starring this person? Uh, this might be five years from now, your future. So you might as well, like, if you can't <laughs> if you can't take it in fiction, you're not going to take it in real life. So I, I, I deliberately treated it like I was eating my vegetables. And I found huh. the last 20 minutes or so um, kind of rewarded the experience of me sitting through the first two thirds of the movie. Uh, things really come together and oh, like yeah. the movie starts to get a pulse. It starts to get some life. I don't necessarily agree with many of the conclusions. I think that the movie is wanting me to draw um, about, you know, the nature of Bruce Dern and Will Forte's relationship. I don't agree with the way Will handled this situation. I'd be interested um, to hear what you think those conclusions are, because I, I think they're like soft conclusions. It's he's got Alexander Payne has this weird okay. way of telling a story that, by the end of it, I don't think anything's really resolved. I, I think like it doesn't have particularly strong resolutions it or climaxes in its movies. It, stories just sort of happen. The climaxes are mundane. Um, 
he like I said like sort of unremarkable characters in a way and that all leads to me feeling like the status quo is still there but at least the characters are like acknowledging it mm. and it, well and I that's that one of my too that's one of even though I enjoyed the end one of my biggest criticisms is I like well you just ended the movie here because this is the happy ending this is the satisfying ending. If you play this another mm-hmm. day, it's probably a nightmare. If you stopped it a day early, it's a disappointing clusterfuck. You uh-huh. just chose to end the movie, which, you know, fair enough. Yeah, you um, get in where the action starts and you get out where it ends. Sure. But like, uh, I thought the movie is beautiful and like mm-hmm. a Great Depression Steinbeck kind of way, like grapes of wrath being being trod in the background. Um, yeah, yeah, it's got that severe, austere camera lockdown in wide format, kind of just the majesty of the Great Plains. But also, Great Plains, if you ever had to drive but through it's bleak them, too, yeah, was it's... pretty fucking bleak. I was about to say, yeah. you, you roll through, <laughs> I challenge you to roll through Nebraska, drive that thing straight through, and not want to take just, 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 just jam a fork in your eye so you can see something different. I did it. Um, I drove through Nebraska at like 2 a.m. one time. I, went to Texas I did. I, I got this awful. I got awful. a Nebraska, a, a 3 a.m. truck stop in Nebraska story about some of my frequent driving trips out to Colorado. Uh, I, I think I had five Red Bulls on that drive and four of them were in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Nebraska, Kansas and the Dakota is kind of dual for like most boring. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say and anything about the Dakota because I haven't been there. Movie, That's so. right. Yeah, um, but Montana it's got that. Too. Why not? It, it's got that beauty. I think it is well written. It definitely like these characters are extremely realistic. Like this guy is a lot is just kind of like my dad torqued up. And honestly, his mom is kind of my mom. Aspects God, of my I love mom. His mom. She's so oh. entertaining. See, I, through the entire See, that's movie, where I'm, I'm, I'm just cringing throughout. Like this. Yeah. I'm just cringing throughout this movie. Like, oh my god, I've been in these situations. How can he be this? Yeah. Like, almost like these are like old autistic people. Is what it felt like. You know, it's like they just. Me, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they're just that Midwestern uh, or they're autistic. It, it's it, it could go either way. Like, how can you be this oblivious about how you are regarded and how your social mores and ethics conflict with the things around? So I I found it very. Yeah. It gave me a lot of agita if I <laughs> if I put it in Sopranos way to watch this film, and I never could quite escape that except for things when the two brothers get like so when like Will and Bob Odenkirk get together. Um, uh-huh. there's a couple moments where they're doing some, some, some funny stuff. And then it beca- kind of in the same way in sideways where, uh, God, who is Paul Giamatti's friend? Um, Paul Thomas. No, it's not no, Paul no. Thomas Anderson. <laughs> no, it's the guy from wings. Uh, Thomas. Yeah, Anderson that Church. guy. Yeah, yeah. Thomas. And I knew it was a three, three letter Thomas mm-hmm. or three word Thomas. Uh, when who's, he who's, it's, it's initials, by the way, are THC, which I love because he seems nice. like that kind of dude. He does. He does. Seems like he'd hang out with uh, <laughs> McConaughey. Um, uh-huh. Kind of the same way that you get a situation where like he bangs the truck stop waitress and then mm-hmm. almost gets the shit beat out of him by her, her old man. And that's funny. And then you realize he leaves his, <laughs> his, wallet. his wallet with the ring and, in it. Yeah. And like, oh, God, you're going to have to do like an anti heist to. Oh, this is going to be bad. Like there's that kind of like just the pleasure of watching it and then turning it into a giant car wreck. There's yeah. some of that. Like, honestly, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. There's a lot of the exact same energy. This is a road trip. Uh-huh. 
where it's, people are at two cross purposes and one is kind of doing it as a favor for the other and growing slowly re- and ever more resentful and when I should call this whole thing. And, um, and in fact, this this movie got delayed because uh, Alexander Payne didn't want to do two back to back road trip movies. So this was supposed to be filmed earlier. Closer made a to lot sideways. Of sense. Right, right, and right. He was like, but well, he- let me finish uh, the not the departed. Uh, the 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 parties or something. I forget what the name of his movie was. Uh, shit. The Descendants. Yes. And then I'll do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just put a gap between the two. Uh-huh. Um, cause yeah, you're right. If he does sideways in Nebraska back to back, like people are just like, well, you just you just shifted the content to two different characters yeah. and, and kept on rolling. Uh all the black and white in the world ain't gonna save you, Mr. Payne. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, I, I think honestly this is a good this is a good to excellent movie that I just had a lot of intergenerational trauma going in and I'm like, Oh God, I can't imagine dealing with this kind of implacable foe of an old man who's been kind of a shit his whole life. And now he's a shit that's kind of dependent because he's either losing or his mind. I mean, that's the other thing is like, I felt like the movie denied a lot of his conclusions. Like they're like, well, Mm -hmm. actually, if you understand the right perspective, maybe he's not that bad of a guy. And you know, like you get all these different perspectives. I, I don't know if I agreed with all that. But that's probably something more for the spoiler section. Yeah, I think I think this movie is fairly complex in its uh, relationship dynamics, and I like that about it. Um, and and I know, yes. yeah, if, if this hits too close to home for you, it's not. Its relationship dynamics are not really positive, so I can see that because I like I, I don't have much of a, a negative history with my family. There's like one big event that was like you know half my doing, half their doing, and so fine. Uh, but as far as like my, my upbringing goes, I never had any problems with my parents. So I, I don't get into those states in movies, but man, if you have a parent who is, for instance, an alcoholic when you were growing up or just neglectful in general, when you were growing Cheated up at board games, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> then maybe you get like triggered by this stuff and I could see not liking it, but man, I loved it. I, the the way that the the relationship evolves over the course of the movie, both the father son relationship, but the father son audience relationship here, and the more you find out about this relationship, the more interesting it gets to me. Uh, I, I really appreciated that part of it. Yeah, and I and I will say like I, I, at one point in my notes, I don't know what it, what what it was a pro. Oh, I think it, I know it was. Is like I wrote Jesus. At least my dad isn't this big an asshole. <laughs> sure. Because like there's a one point where like Will Forte, you know, he's like, well, I'm stuck on this road trip with my dad. I might as well like I've got some new information. Shit, I don't know much about my dad. Let me ask him some questions. And just a mm. naked hostility that he's met with for just wanting to know basic information is like I at least that like as I remember I had a similar kind of epiphany a couple of years back where like, I thought I knew like my dad's details as far as like when he joined the armed services when he went to college when he did this when he did that mm-hmm. and how that r- related to aunts and uncles and all that stuff and I came across a piece of information at a family reunion that kind of quit and I sat down and I had like a long conversation that I should have recorded on a podcast or something just for my own mm-hmm. edification and like my dad is like really forthcoming and kind of like oh I'm you know you're taking some interest in like that be just like 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 he's not as big an asshole that he just slammed the door shut on like a request from his son to like you know, for intimacy. Right. Mm-hmm. And Bruce turn is just not having anything like, I don't even know what it's like to the extent. It's like, I don't even know what it's like to be inside him and his mother's head. Yeah. 
You know, like what is the experience to be that divorced from reality in terms of how people deal with each other? And the movie tries to play it off as like, oh, his only problem is he just believes what people tells him. No bullshit. Like I said, he's got some kind of cognitive defect. Him and his mother both. <laughs> sure. Sure. Or him yeah, and his I'm wife, I guess. I'm looking forward to talking more about it, but I, I want to talk spoilers on that. So, okay, we'll, we'll get there. I think I'm about right. I don't have much else to say. I mean, this is this is what what you see is what you get. There's no fancy camera tricks. It's just very austere. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though, you it know, did win big skies get nominated for best cinematography, uh, you say no fancy camera tricks. But it, the thing I found interesting is this film was mastered in color. So, so it was all shot in color. It was mastered in color. And. He Alexander Payne only did that so that the studio would get off his back because they wanted it in color, but he wanted to shoot it right. in black and white. Um, and apparently, I guess Epics was going was going to or did air the color version at some point. Uh, Heard the same thing. He hoped, yeah, he it would never happen, but apparently it did. I think I okay. I'm gonna come out. I think it's pretentious. I think this movie's better in color. This movie probably made another 15, 20, 30 yeah, percent at maybe. the box office in color. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what black and what because it's like it is bringing that kind of John Steinbeck kind of bleakness, but like that mm-hmm. does not fit what I consider the tone of the movie. This is more of um, Fargo weird than Steinbeck bleak, and mm-hmm. I feel like the colors would have just added to that. Um, so like, I don't know what the fuck this guy is thinking, especially when I found out because I, I had a similar like it's one thing if you're, you know, lighthousing it and you're shooting it on these ancient cameras with this. And like, you know, there's a particular mm-hmm. just beauty that you get from that old silver screen type of processing that you see in the lighthouse, you know, the way the light blooms and it's just. And and this trance, like, oh, when I found that out, I'm like, well, what the fuck, man? Why? Why did this need to be in black and white? And there's not a lot of like because this, you know was like a 13 million dollar movie it made 26 at the box office so it's successful but not like yeah, you know lightning in a bottle fine. successful what yeah. what was and and but but as a as a recourse i couldn't find any like you know why he thought why he wanted to do black and white why he's willing to fight the studio why because yeah i just again since a lot of charms of this movie eluded me I, I do you get it like why why the black and white uh not necessarily i'm usually a proponent of color when you know, it's 2022 for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> unless you have a very strong reason for doing black and white, don't do it. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, he had a vision and that's how he chose to do it. And I'm, I'm mostly in support of creators getting to film their vision as opposed to like a studio stepping in and saying, Hey, we want to make a few extra bucks. So shoot it this way. Um, so in general, I guess I, I get behind him here for this decision because I haven't seen the color version. I don't know if it would be better, but he wanted to do it that way. So let him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Are we ready to talk spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. So if you, uh, and you'd be in good company if you didn't, haven't seen Nebraska, this is a film about a old man who is the father of Will Forte and Bob Odenkirk, and he gets a letter from essentially a publisher's clearinghouse. You know, remember that old scam where you want a million dollars, just fill out this oh, form yeah. with the three magazines you want to subscribe to. And it's all like, it's like one of the oldest tricks in the book, and they make a point out of that in the movie. But uh, Bruce Stern, uh, Forte's father, won't let go of the fact that he's got a letter worth a million dollars. And they have to I think they have to turn this into at, at, at the company's headquarters in Lincoln, Nebraska. So and they he, begin he refuses to mail it in. He refuses he to mail. You don't trust that much money to mail. Yeah. So Will Forte, who's like got some time on his hands and has kind of, you know, wanted to maybe take this last attempt to bond with his father is like, fuck it. We'll just go. What's the worst that can happen? And they have a road trip adventure. Will they get to the publisher's clearinghouse? Will Ed McMahon rise from the grave and give the man a big check for a million dollars? You'll have to watch the movie to find out that. Uh, but uh, somehow, like I said, the brother gets involved. The mother uh, gets on. They, they go back to the guy's old hometown. Lots of exploration of character. But this is a this is not a movie you're going to laugh out loud at. Certainly, I don't think for the first 60 minutes, you might chuckle in the back half uh, if you're I- like me. I was laughing quite a bit through the entire thing. God damn it. I guess I just, I just did on me. This dry, dry, as dry as the fields. I just see this and I see my parents and like my mom's (laughs) going to have to figure out what to do or her and my brother got to figure out what to do with her because like she disowned me because I stopped believing in God. But my dad, you know, like I said, he's been a bastard at some, but like, I do think he loves me and he cares and Mm. he, he, he puts in an effort, but he's also going to be, just a miserable son of a bitch to take care of. And it like, if he's once he starts like depending on oh, others, boy. it's, he's the type of person that's just going to eat him alive and he's going to be uh, a, a real dick about it. And, uh, but I also am dutiful enough and responsible enough that I'm, I'm going to, you know, me and my sister are going to have to take the brunt of that. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is kind of triggering. Like, Oh God, like, <laughs> okay. God will. It is. Do you really, cause do you, want to placate him to this extent like i like i don't know like the second things bad started happening and you had to stay you know like i I just felt like at some point you got to pull the plug and and since the movie really doesn't i feel like yeah the day from now this guy's going to forget that he didn't win and or he's going to forget that he doesn't really technically own the truck and that's going to be a nightmare but it, the movie does enough to arrive yeah. at a the one point in time where you could complete com, uh, you could plausibly say that this is a happy ending and then fucking hit you with the credits get the audience out because this is uh this is heading to bad dark places <laughs> it's possible so so let me ask you this that brings up an, the number one question I had at the end of this movie is this dude actually experiencing some form of dementia or is he just like you said a little neurodivergent and you know wants to see this through and now that he's seen it through he's going to be right back to whatever he was doing before 
not, I don't know. Not fixated on this because I never because, got the impression throughout the entire movie that he actually had any any real mental issues of like Alzheimer's or some kind of dementia. He always seemed with it. He just seemed like unconcerned with what other people thought of him. And it's like the movie makes point of being extra generous, uh, pretty gullible. Those things to me don't spell dementia. Those things to me spell a personality. That's just who he is. Well, see, that's the thing is like, I felt like the movie, cause you get the, you know, like Bruce Stern is just impenetrable wall of asshole. And you've learned things about him by interacting with other people who've known him throughout his life. Okay. Uh-huh. And I felt like that every time we spoke to someone, they gave us a slightly different spin on this guy. Like, is he a traumatized war vet? Mm-hmm. Is he a guy who's just so generous? He can't say no. And he, or is he a guy who's so credulous? He just believes straight face, anything that people talk to him like, and th- some of those fit some parts of his personality. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that him getting taken advantage of by family members and business partners tracks the like, you know, he can't say no to anybody. The fact that he's literally taking this obvious scam letter at face value mm-hmm. um, shows that he, is, you know, is as is, is, is a, a, a credulous to the point that it's almost dysfunction. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't know. Like, what is the truth? What is the truth? Like, I, I memory it, seems good. I, I. I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's what's so interesting about that part of this movie is I don't know the actual truth. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff I don't know about my family, about my parents uh, and their history. And it's it's just, you know, one of the most interesting parts of it to me was when David, who was played by Will Forte, asks Woody, uh, Bruce Stern's character, how how like he decided to have kids how he decided to get married and none of this was a conscious decision on his part it just sort of happened around him and yeah he went with it and i i think that's like there's something there in his personality that relates back to like the farm that he grew up on and his dad and how his dad built that farm from from the ground up with his own hands and some help from his brothers and then i got the impression that his laissez-faire attitude so toward decision making in his own life pulled him away from that and this is part of that regret that he's feeling of a life mm. wasted right because that ultimately is the story of this character he feels like he's wasted his life he has nothing to give his children and i feel like part of that is he didn't take the thing that his father was going to give him which was this farm that went to somebody else at some point. I don't even know what the status of this. Farm uh, yeah. Is Cause they're, they're saying they're, they're farming it out, but the house has gone uh, to shit. But then his mother said that the house was always shit. Um, he mentioned something about like the fact that he would be whipped for the temerity of going into his parents' room, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, and like, I got the idea that his father was a real hard man, which he probably was. Mm-hmm. If you're a homesteader in Nebraska, you're probably a oh, hard yeah. man. You know, like that's one of the reasons my dad's way is because he came from fucking Midwestern or small farm subsistence, you know, getting barely getting just by and, and enough to, to, to do it all again next year. Yeah. Uh, it's a grinding totally. existence, man. Um, and then that leads into, you know, the, his drinking, his 
neglect of his children. That's the other thing. He's an alcoholic, which it's yeah. like, you know, if you're drinking as much as this guy drinks every day, it's like it can do a pretty good facsimile of being senile, you know? Right, right. Yeah, um, so I, I don't know. I, I thought it was they've painted a picture of a man that is very it's a complicated life that sort of masquerades in simplicity, right? Like he's got a wife and he's got kids and he's got all the trappings of like this, whatever normal is for a family life. Um, but how he got there is very, you know, weird. Uh, and, and I think that's true of a lot of people's lives. I don't think everybody has a total control of their life. Shit. I don't, uh, it's just, you know, things happen and you react to them or you don't in his case. Uh, and you end up where you end up. I think that's it was funny to his idea of like, you know, why'd you decide to have kids? I didn't. I just figured, you know, your mom and I kept screwing. It probably happened eventually. And, you know, I had to, yeah, I, I like to screw uh, and yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, um, I get that. That makes sense. You don't you, you don't plan for it. Right. I, th- I feel like people who don't want kids talk about whether they want kids more than people who eventually do have kids and, will, and, and maybe actually wanted kids. Hmm. I thought that this like everything was just such a chore and ordeal like they're going to Nebraska and Will Forte sees that they're going to be within 30 miles of Mount Rushmore. And he's like, oh, that's cool. We should do that. And his dad's like, oh, why? And then they finally get there and his dad's just complaining like, oh, like, you know, it's like, gosh, shit, that does. It looks like it's half finished. They just gave up on it. Lincoln does have an ear. It's like, I mean, he's right. (laughs) He's not wrong. And that was kind of like one of the chuckles I got out of the movie. But then Uh like going to the goddamn restaurant and his dad's want to order meatloaf off menu and they don't have meatloaf dad uh, and then his mom asks for the like actually she's going to be adventurous and get the special of the day and she hears it and it's something weird she makes this elaborate face and like oh grow like it's just they're just so much they're just so much yeah. and like and is the they way are. his mom talks about everyone and this kind of like folksy nice like you know minnesota nice med- midwestern nice voice but she's saying ugly terrible things about him you know mm-hmm. like oh his 19 year old sister uh died in a car wreck what a whore mom right. you can't say i'm so, i'm sorry it's just what she was like this whole like defense of like well i can say this because it's true and sure. certainly true from my perspective and my point of view and all that to where I got where in the movie where like I needed to believe that his mom had an accurate way of looking at the world when she essentially condemns all the family as much. But like, I don't, I don't know so. that this is a reliable like maybe everyone hates Bru- the, the Woody for legitimate reasons because he did steal and lie and cheat. Um, I don't yeah, think and, so because he, he had an affair at some point, apparently, I, apparently. And, and if you look a at Native his, American his, woman. If you look at his wife, uh, Kate, who you're talking about here, who's crass and, and calling people whores, she's a lot. Then she herself goes around to all these tombstones. She's shaking her her ass in front of him, saying, look what you missed out on and, and talking about how everybody in town wanted in her pants. It, so, so, like, is there a little bit of, you know, projection here going on? That's yes. what I wonder. Especially the way that his ex-girlfriend said in that weird way, like, well, Kate won almost like it was a competition and that's all that she was she was in the in it to win it and doesn't really care about woody yeah no i but woody doesn't as righteous as she claims to be when she's but woody doesn't deserve a person that like authentically cares for him right because he's (laughs) incapable of doing that for others 
I didn't know like he just ruin. He takes like you get you get you get a, well, a good old Nebraskan girl. You just ruin her. You steal all her dreams. No, no, no. See, I think this this Woody old Woody like seventy five year old who however old he is probably mm. doesn't deserve a, a nice young girl, but nice young Certainly Woody not. probably does. Like he's so the, the entire movie is. The crux of it is he's so generous. He's so credulous, like you said. He's willing to give people the shirt off his back if it'll help him. That's the that's the young, vibrant, exciting Woody that I see when people talk about him, who has been mm. long since dead, right? He's been, just by the circumstances of his life, and probably as a result of being so generous and so kind with people, he's been beaten into the ground. And now all that's left is this husk of a man. That's how I was reading it. So I, I think young Woody does deserve somebody better than young Kate. Huh. I I will but say that all this <laughs> all this setup really pays off in the final act because mm-hmm. like the fact that his mother hasn't had a decent thing to say about a goddamn person. And they happen to yeah. steal this compressor from the one person because like you could tell Will is like, well, tell us about how what kind of feckless whores these people are. Mom's <laughs> like, oh, the Western dwarfs, they're real nice people. Uh-huh. Oh, they had that one spider like, you know, they. You know, they're like the real salt of the earth and they're like, oh, God, we stole from the one decent person that lives in this county. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God, the awkwardness <laughs> of that, this awkward Midwestern nice conversation they're forced to have and explain these inexplicable things. Why like, are you in the back seat? Why are they in the back seat? <laughs> why? Oh, you're, you've been waiting for hours for us to get home, but you won't come inside because you got to leave right away. And uh, that I thought was pretty funny, but like... There's also a lot of weird situations where like they make it like a heroic moment where Will Forte punches out Mike the Hammer. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you just punched out an old man. You sucker punched out. He fucking deserved it. Why? What if you only think that because you think the the, the Woody's a decent guy? What if he did steal mm-hmm. all that money and defraud these people? Well, he's still a piece of shit. Look what he's doing at the moment he gets punched. He's he's mocking this old fart, mocking an old man who might have dementia. I mean, yeah, th- this clearly is is like has some mental issues of some kind, whether it's dementia or just neurodivergency or what the hammer can't have mental issues. He's just as old as this other fart. Like, I, I don't know. He seems way more duplicitous, way more with it, way more. I think you're right. I, I, I don't right. like this guy inherently way, way more than I don't like Woody. I don't know if I like a man half this guy's age punch sucker punching him out, by the way. That's the sure. thing that really bothered. He comes up and like mean mugs him and then the old man says, you want to throw hands? He punch, But like he turns away to walk away and the hammer relaxes and Forte throws a cowardly mm-hmm. sucker punch at his septuagenarian, man. That's the thing. Good. It's like, fuck that guy. All right. All right. Jim Jones. Over the course of the movie, you're supposed <laughs> to be realizing I guess if you, if you take what people say about young Woody at, at face value and all the places they go and the, the history, the tour of history of his life they take. I think you're supposed to realize that Woody was a genuinely good guy who, hmm. who wanted to help people. And he got taken advantage of specifically by Ed Pegram, but by everybody in general. And so when he punches Ed Pegram in his stupid face, it's not yeah. just because Ed's mocking him in that moment or anything. It's a lifetime of, taking advantage of this man and it, and ed is a stand-in for everybody in his life who's done this it's a stand-in for the the two idiot sons nephews whatever 
um, who who rob him, thinking they're going to steal his million dollars. Uh, it's a stand-in for his wife, who's being a shit to him. It's it's everything, right? This is a punch of a lifetime, literally. Yeah. And so I was totally cool with it, but I, I yeah, I see your point. And, then, and I, yeah, now I'm thinking about like some of the themes because because like it's also one of the themes that Will Forte is kind of like sleepwalking through life, just waiting things yeah. for you know he's still at the record store, he's got a a, a girlfriend that he apparently loves or he misses this, or maybe he doesn't because like she broke up with him because he just wasn't advancing the relationship. He was just waiting for something to happen. Like, are they going to have kids? And if they had kids, just probably get married. Did. If she, yeah. It, so and like did the, but and does this wake him up because like I never got the sensation that like Will Forte's character had turned the corner. He just like continued say, to placate. Ends, he gives his father like a victory. Yeah, yeah. He gives a, he gives his dad with a great self sacrifice to himself. He trades in yeah. his car. He gets this new other thing, and he just does it so his his dad can have five minutes of victory driving down Main Street, waving yep. to his path not taken, uh, give shining on Ed mm-hmm. Peltier or whatever the hell his name waving was, to his brother waving to his brother family, and yeah. kind of like stunting in this in this brand new apparently new truck that he's got. But I'm yeah, like, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow it's like your old man's got the winter hat and the truck and he's giving you shit for bar. I'm like, I don't know. Like where, yeah, the, where the, was the growth of his character? You're right. Yeah. They absolutely cut out at like the most opportune moment, the, the happiest moment, because like Will Forte, I don't know if he's changed, uh, if David's learned anything or grown necessarily. I don't know if he goes back to uh his ex and says hey yeah let's let's advance this thing or moves on or whatever uh and crucially everybody thinks he's won the million dollars because he's driving around a brand new truck so yeah what happens with the family who comes up to him wanting more money like he hasn't changed he's still the generous guy you see that through the movie he's offering ed pegram well i don't have ten thousand dollars but he says it like he'd give it to him if he did they're going to send the Pegram mafia after him, you know, because <laughs> sure. uh, I mean, they won't need to unless, you know, Woody's there to punch people out. But or, or sorry, David's there to punch people out. That is, so, yeah. yeah, you're right. They get out at the, the most opportune moment on the on the climax with the nice, sweet note. But I don't think anything is necessarily resolved. I think because we, I talked about how. Like an ad, like, you know. Will Forte is trying to find out about his dad and wants to see his house and all that. Like the, I, I did get a kick out of the indignancy of, you know, Woody. It's like, let's go see your old house, dad. Like wh- what for, you know, like the, the idea that like, why the hell would you want to see where I'm from? I wouldn't care about where my dad, it's just like this, like it's just instant hostility at the idea that you want to know anything deeper about him or something. And I thought that was there's kind of like some 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 truths about dealing with your parents, um, some hard to swallow pills about it. And again, I felt like it was a empathy simulation for when my dad is going to be uh, needing more care than he wants or he's going to need more care, likely, unless he just dies of a, in his sleep tomorrow. He's probably going to he's going to be, mm-hmm. be like most old people where they'll, they'll need care and he's going to be the type of old person that doesn't want the help. He needs it and he'll yeah. resent the people to give it to him. And I'm just like, ah, oh, it just gives me ulcer thinking about it. So like, I, I found it very hard to enjoy this film. Maybe 10 years I ago, maybe 10 years after yeah, the hints. Before. 
but before you were really thinking about this stuff yeah no i, yeah. I understand that and, and i think it's interesting because like he's hostile to the idea that he would go back and and anyone would want to examine his life and yet he's throughout this whole movie examining his own life saying what is it for i have nothing to leave to my family he he's concerned about that not necessarily legacy just like giving something you know he's a generous guy he wants to give his family something uh some meaningful from his life and he's got nothing it's interesting to me the guy like that wouldn't want to examine anything about his life so what do you think the the message that's the thing because like i was per i was flummoxed uh it seems like the message is you should do whatever it takes to make your parents feel loved and vindicated in life even if they haven't put in the work for you that like, it's noble to do the right thing, you know, period in, in the story. And there's no limit to that either. Um, I have a hard time getting down with that message because I think parents can definitely raise their kids in a way that makes their kids want to detach for them. And then what they do in their old age is kind of their fucking problem. Especially if that's Um, their explicit wishes. Like you, you and I are both in circumstances with, our parents and or parent who is like right. they've officially disowned us. Yeah. So. We've got, we got special circumstances to, to you know, like yeah. I, again, I think it's, I think it's laudable to take care of your parents in their old age. I definitely uh-huh. plan on doing that for my dad. It, it definitely could be challenging, but like, it's like, I've always heard that like, um, you know, my grandfather had Alzheimer's. I've talked about this before. And I think the one thing that sometimes I saw people doing was trying to argue with him. Mm-hmm. You know, when like it's my understanding that when you deal with a person with dementia, you should just make them as uh, comfortable as they can possibly be. And you shouldn't pick fights with them. You shouldn't say, you know, you should maybe just like you know, remind them of the reality of the situation, but don't make it like it's a moral failing of theirs or that they're, you know, doing things on purpose. This it's like I was kind of down on that. But like you said, it doesn't seem like Woody is mentally incapacitated. Mm-hmm. And also there's a limit. Like if Alzheimer's has your dad thinking that he needs to go halfway across the country to get a million dollar letter that you know is bogus. Yeah. There's got to be a way you can redirect without like continually placating that fantasy. Because to the extent mm-hmm. to like at the end of the movie, I'm like, where the fuck is this going to go? Because they're going to get to this publisher clearinghouse and he's going to be told that in, un- in no uncertain terms that he's got no money. And then what? I don't think this right. guy. And like it yeah, happened. It's- and he kind of accepted it, but like right as the reality was going to set in, uh, Woody's son goes and buys him a new truck and essentially makes it real for him. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck, man? No, it's it's also a question of like, it, it, why is he running out of time? Because the, the movie makes a point of saying, well, you know, I'm running out of time. And does that mean I'm approaching the end of my life? Or Seems does that like mean it. I know I have some issues, some mental issues that are going to become more and more severe. Could be that too. that's the time limit. Because, you know, it, it's borderline, right? I'm saying, like, I don't see anything that necessarily spells dementia for me, but... I, but I don't see anything that says, oh, no, this man is definitely completely with it. <laughs> like, no, so. but he's like, he like, like, like at one point, uh, Will Forte says, you know, dad, you busted your head open. You've done this. You've done that. Like, I feel like when old people get to the just randomly falling down stage, it's like that's scary because like, well, you're a broken hip away from being you yeah, know, confined to a chair. So and, like, he and he's also drunk all the time. But he, 
he got too drunk. Yeah, and he doesn't seem like he's going to stop drinking. So it I, does feel like he's in poor health because they had to stop yeah. for a medical intervention like two different times. But that again, again, that could be a lifetime for drinking. It could be just getting old. It could be. Mm-hmm. I, but like I said, I I don't know what the movies like. Like, what does it think you should do in this situation? Um, yeah, that's a damn good question because I certainly wouldn't be inclined unless you know pushed to the brink here and i guess that that is the question right was he was david just never going to get any peace unless he went on this adventure with his old man why is he so resistant to this old man in a home because like the other thing is like the thing is is he doing Mm -hmm. like he's doing classic alzheimer's things like just wandering off yeah, yeah. All the time. Like, as soon as you turn your head, he's just gone. And the cops mm-hmm. have to come and get him. He's walking down the sides of the road. It's super dangerous. He won't, you know, take no... F- like, I don't... And and to the extent that, like, both of the brothers are like, yeah, our dad's an asshole. He hasn't done a damn thing for us our entire life. It's... It's like, does the movie think it's... Like I said, I, I think it's... Yeah, there's interesting... It's interesting that, that he's moved to try to make his father whole. At the mm-hmm. end, he's trying to like, okay, my father wanted something to pass on to his children. I'll buy myself a truck. There, he's passed it on. I'm going to get the damn yeah. air compressor. That's the other thing he's obsessed and fixated <laughs> on. And then that's going to make my father whole and he can go to his grave in peace. I just don't think it's likely. You're I just right. don't think if it's the likely. the next day he starts on about the ticket again, his golden ticket. And or the hundred then, other then grievances that he's, start- uh, that he's stoked and maintained his entire life. Yeah, yeah. You know, if he I gets mean, obsessed with that, that point, I, I, I say, okay, time for a home, old man, because you need to be managed. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not a question of like, you know, are you too far gone or whatever. It's, it's more just like you need to be managed. If you're going to be running off all the time, somebody needs to be there to stop that because I can't yeah. be doing it. I've got my failing, you know, uh, retail career <laughs> because that's going nowhere <laughs> uh, that I've got to manage. So. Somebody else has to manage you. Hmm. I don't know. It's it, so as to, you know, what is this movie trying to say? I think that there's a two uh, sort of a double ended periscope to look through this thing from right. Or a double ended telescope. You can look through it from the perspective of a very old nearing the end of their life parent. And you can look at it from the perspective of a middle aged child who's dealing with that parent trying to do the um, best yeah. and dealing with, you know, the ways in which they are similar to that parent. And I think mm-hmm. to me, that's some of the more interesting stuff is what are the parallels between these two characters? How are each of them in the different phases of life looking at their own lives, you know, cause the child's looking forward to seeing a projection of what they might be if they continue on the path that they're on. And the parent is looking back saying, how have I fucked everything up? And, how can I make this right? Yeah. And I think those two in this movie in particular, those two lives are colliding. And I find that fascinating because I am also in that stage of life. I'm in the the David stage of life where I'm looking at my parents and going, hmm, how can I not be like my parents? Because I don't want to be like my parents. Uh, right. They're not, they're not bad people or anything. It's just I don't want to have the life that they had. So... Uh, I, I very much feel like the David in this situation looking forward going, hmm, do, what do I have to look forward to in the next 30, 40 years when I become my parents? Yeah, that's a good point. Because like that's the other thing I was thinking of, like, you know, to the extent that one of the things that makes uh, 
you know, Woody and, and guys like my father difficult to deal with is because they like to be independent. They don't like to depend on other people. And I find totally. that that's, that describes me. I don't like right. asking for help. Yeah. I don't like to go and be like, hey, I'm having a moment of weakness here and I really could use you helping me out or something like that. Like if that doesn't change by the time I'm 75, I'm going to be in it. You know, I'll, I'll be the asshole. Right. Sure. So like yeah. maybe that's something to to work on going forward. I don't think that lesson is found in the movies, though. But maybe maybe it's a it, mirror. It's subtle. It's it's like, yeah, that's the thing. Like there's no grand conclusion that says that's the the lesson that David has learned or that Woody has learned his lesson or anything. Yeah. It's more just like it's there to read between the lines and these characters are kind of oblivious toward it too. So I also find that like in mainstream, like most people's parents do do right by them and they do have a lot of love and there might be annoying things like, Oh, my dad, mom and dad didn't let, you know, me do this or that when I was a kid or something. But like, there's not, there's very rare, like real malice. And I feel like that American culture can't handle when there's just really bad shit going on in a family, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and and that's like, I think like this movie is like, I don't know how to judge it because, you know, uh, what if it's like, like, what if this is his mother, except for he also, she also disowned him over religious reasons, like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Like sure. that adds a little bit of spice and it's not like his mom is just idiosyncratic and kind of like this funny old woman but there's also some like real malice there too um Mm -hmm. so it's like i when when they're making this movie right in this movie it's like are they they're coming from a perspective of like do they have firsthand experience with dealing with these type of people how challenging it is or are they coming from essentially a stable home life and imagining how it is and imagining how that because like i feel like the latter concept is borderline offensive to people that are not or that are in that position you know I guess it's like Steven Spielberg making the color purple like who the fuck is this guy telling this story Mm -hmm. Um, but for traumatized kids of of asshole parents (laughs) this is not as dramatic certainly Uh, it's a much more mundane but I compare this to sharp objects in, in a lot of ways like this is not that is about, bad. Yeah, but right, not that sure. dramatic because that's insane. But like it, intergenerational trauma and how kids react to their parents traumas from their parents, I, I think is super interesting because like, you know, you got this alcoholic father and the son clearly had those tendencies as well. And he says, well, I gave it I'm I'm in the process of giving it up because it just it wasn't helping like. And that's that's a distance he's been able to get from that by being, you know, the son of someone who he can look back on and say, well, I had a less than stellar childhood because of this. Maybe I can step outside of this and not repeat that pattern. And I feel like that gives me hope for for David, because he by the end of this movie has done something good for his father. And I feel like he's trying to do something good for himself. And I, I don't know that, that that subtle story that they're telling of intergenerational trauma, too, is really good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right. What else do we have to say about Nebraska? Uh, I wanted to mention one of the cute things um, in this movie you talked about. I I don't know their names. The couple at the farm um, where they steal the air compressor from. Oh, right. Yeah. The Western, the Westerdorfs. Westerdorfs. From what I can gather based on the names and the credits, that couple was actually married in real life. The, yeah they have the hmm. same last name so i thought that's not was the director's cute. parents are they no well i doubt it unless he's uh. changed his name for hollywood which happens all the time gotcha uh but yeah i thought that was super cute there's one other thing that i have to question about this movie i'm still not sure why he didn't just get on a bus it wouldn't have been nearly the problem that it was with him walking down the street walking down the highway and getting stopped by the cops and stuff. If he had just got on a bus and they never, they never educate me on why he doesn't. Have Someone you been on a bus? Jim? asked that in the movie. I have been on a bus, a 19 hour <laughs> bus ride to New York. How, how fun sucked. was that? Would you rather walk <laughs> along the berm of the road than ride that bus? If you could do maybe. it over again right now, maybe <laughs> 900 miles doesn't seem so bad when you're stuck on a Greyhound. Yeah. All right, I've, con- I've I've consulted our schedule, and I think the next prestige movie is going to be The Green Mile, Frank Darabont's uh, adaptation of the Stephen King, uh, or maybe it's Rick- Richard Bachman. It's the same guy, uh, book of the same name. I'm pretty excited about that. And also, if you didn't know, this is uh, a reward tier for our executive producers on Patreon. Uh, we give them three options, prestige options each week to choose from. Uh, that we pre-select if you would like to get in on having a say of what prestige were what prestige movies we're considering next uh check it out support.baldmove.com um it's a, an, another another perk and benefit for being a club member thanks for everybody for listening we'll be back next week for the green mile oh my god that movie i'm i'm uh i'm, I'm looking forward to slash bracing myself for the experience of watching it <laughs> I hope to see you next week. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we're going to have what's going to I'm going to be fascinated to find out what Jim thinks about this. Uh, Tune in next week if you want to hear that. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.